What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the In the Round podcast, episode 96. It's your boy, Matt Burrill, in the luxurious DM Monday studios. Make sure you guys check out the DM Monday podcast. Shout out to TL and the crew letting us do In the Round here at luxurious Infinity Music Row. Love this place. And uh, make sure you guys check out the DM Monday podcast. Got all kinds of cool episodes on there. Well, today, episode number 96, got our boy Tyler Dial on. And this was my first time getting to know Tyler. And badass dude. Um, definitely, as his, one of his songs talks about, left of center. He is uniquely and unapologetically himself. And um, he's got a lot of cool shit going on. He just put out a brand new EP. Um, he just got the Masters back on a new record. And uh, we talk about all that, talk about his story and all kinds of cool stuff. So hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with my boy Tyler Dial. Got to tell you about our sponsors, MRL Music Group, tour support, booking, all the good shit. Be sure to check out our friends at MRL Music Group. Mike Allen, we love you and appreciate your support. Whale Tail Media, our boy Wales, Tony, Gracie, and of course, Sam Beasy. Whale Tail Media, make sure you guys check them out. We have a very cool writer's round coming out with Whale Tail Media soon, so y'all be tuned in and stay tuned for that one. Of course, Saxman Studios, our boy Grady and his crew out there at Mount Juliet. Great music at a great price. Be sure to check out Saxman Studios. And of course, last but not least, our boy Mitch Wallace and his crew, Luke and James and the whole team over there at TDMA, the digital marketing agency. They got you covered for content all over the place. So now we're going to get into it. Episode number 96 with our boy, Tyler Dial. This is the In The Round Podcast. We are rolling and... Rolling, rolling. Rolling, rolling. How you doing today, bud? I'm good. It's hot. It is hot. You're from Arizona, though, but the heat's fucking different, isn't it? It's so bad. I'm sweating right now. I don't know if you can see, but... (laughs) Dude, uh... It, it wasn't until I went to college in Austin where it was humid and here, uh, I just started sweating. Like, I think I need like Botox on my, on my armpits or something. Cause Dude. like I was, uh, when I was first in town and going around doing like writer, uh, meeting like publishers and stuff, yeah. I used to start like, they'd play my songs and I would like just start sweating. Like <laughs> I'm not nervous. I swear. It's just hot. I, I just had a coffee and I'm, I just worked out. But there was one time where the publisher got up in the middle of like listening to my song and like turn the air conditioning on. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, so I had to learn like don't work out before meetings or podcasts and sometimes I can't help it. So. Yeah, well, I'm glad you get, you went with the iced coffee today. Yeah, you got me a, a nice cold a, beer. So. Got a cold beer. We got AC in here the here in the studio and and it's and Honestly, it's now like I used to like care about it and at this point I'm just like fuck it. I'm yeah, like, I'm a sweaty I sweat. I'm a sweaty bastard too, but especially being from New York, like mm-hmm. we're not used to the the heat yeah. and Going on, we were actually in, uh, funny enough, in Texas uh, last weekend. We were in Buda, which is just outside Buda, just of south Austin. of Austin. Yep, just south nice. of Austin, and it was like 100-something degrees, pain in the ass, like just hot I as love hell. Buda, though. Yeah, it's a fun time. I wrote time. Um, three songs on the album that's coming out next year in Buda. Oh, no shit. So have you been to Mavericks? Uh-uh. There's a bar there called Mavericks that is fucking wild. Like, There's... Texas crowds just hit different, dude. Texas crowds are great. There's a place down there called Willie's Joint. Okay. And I just like go get their shirts because it says Willie's Joint on it. <laughs> and I actually like ran into the owner who lives in Nashville or like spends a lot of time here. And you'll see him walking around with a Willie's Joint hat on. Nice. It's great. 
Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, Texas, Willie, Willie's joints. I actually, we were talking about before, you were out, you had to go out to Denver re- recently. Yep. Music video for Damn Denver, which, by the way, hell of a song. Can't thanks, wait to dude. see the video. Congrats on all that stuff. Oh, thanks. We were out in Denver. Um, and, and what I like about touring, you can go to all these states where they have uh, less regulations <laughs> on, on the, the herbal substances <laughs> that come yeah. out of the grounds yeah. and, and love, love going to those places. I got Willie's Reserve in Denver. That's the it was really good. It's it was, best. and I just, and I, I should have gotten something that was like, like I, it was like Blue Dream and Pineapple Express, which are like the the basic noob strains. But, but there's it, a reason they're like the one everyone knows. Yeah, there's a like reason, the best one. Reason there's a Seth Rogen movie called fucking Pineapple <laughs> Express. Um, but it was caught, like it's cool going to different states and and experiencing that stuff. But that's my. That's I mean, dude, I'm, I'm from Arizona and they just legalized it. Um. It's the best, dude. Margo Price has a Willie's Reserve. Yeah, that's the that's what I have. It's like Margo's oh, on really? the Margo's on the little box. She's such a badass, dude. She is. I I haven't. I think I saw her years ago. Um, because when I used to work in radio up in Jersey, mm-hmm. I used to just go to random concerts all the time. So I worked for a soccer mom station. It was today's hits, yesterday's favorites. Yeah, I don't Magic know if they're playing Margo Price on that. Station. No, but what I did was we would give away tickets for random. Random mm-hmm. shows at this amphitheater. One of them was the um, Willie Nelson Outlaw Music Festival. Dude, that would be my ideal, my dream opening. It slot. was actually the last show before I moved down here. So oh, I wow. got I had my my I had a buddy Anthony. Um, of course, little he looked like a little ginger Italian Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. We used to call him Pot Roast because he was a little <laughs> chunky, but he loved pot. So I was like, "Bro, I got an extra ticket for this. You're gonna hang out backstage. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna party," and we just. And it's like the, the crowd at a Willie Nelson show. And I believe Margot has done shows with Willie, obviously. I forget if she was on that one. I do remember Tedeschi Trucks was on that one. I do remember Sturgill was on that one. Probably uh, Lucas Nelson. Lucas was on that one with uh. the, uh, the, I think it was him and his, his revival or his family. Or, or it was one mm-hmm. of his projects that he was doing at that time back right. in 2018. But um, but yeah, that, that whole scene's really cool. And um, it's different from, like with your music, it's, you had that song left of center mm-hmm. and I actually you put up put up that cool uh, video that behind the song kind of thing yeah, we were yeah. sitting on we were sitting on a roof yep. which is which is really cool and um there's all these different styles within country music right now and mm-hmm. I think right now is the the best time of country music because we're getting it's a little great. we're getting a little bit of everything the walls are coming down a little bit I think they've been coming down for yeah. a while and now it's like guys like yourself and folks even like guys that have been more on the mainstream like brothers Osborne mm-hmm. are kick, are expanding things out a little bit they, they're literally my biggest one of my biggest influences yeah and they're and they're doing it their way where it's it's as much a rock show as it is a country mm-hmm. show and they're they're still getting the the love from awesome. the mainstream and then you have guys going in the pop direction you have guys going more in the hip-hop direction you have girls going in all different directions mm-hmm. like it, it's really cool so what's it kind of like for for you being in being a country artist that's got more of that not that that twangy yeah. beers trucks three chords and the truth vibe Dude, uh someone posted on tiktok or no Inst- uh, not TikTok, i gotta keep it's hard to keep them all straight it is man there's so someone many posted on twitter the other day it was like <laughs> my song broke and your song left the center was on repeat and i couldn't stop it I'm like this isn't country music. This is trash. I just like thought it was the funniest thing ever. I'm like, first of all, this is probably a lot more country than a lot of the songs that are on the playlist you're listening to. But, yeah. um, I don't know, man, it's been fun. Uh, it took me like a long time when I first moved to town, there's so many good artists and I just, I've always wanted to do my own thing and be different, but it took me like a while to figure out who, who am I? What do I have to say? And left to center was 
that first song that I wrote that wasn't a, a party song. It wasn't a love song or a breakup song. It was like, this is who I am in three minutes. And uh, that kind of became like a cornerstone for the album that we've, we worked on for the last four years. So that song like has done a lot for me in terms of my confidence and just being myself. And yeah. um, I don't know, I think it's important just to like do you. And like when I was figuring out who am I, um, the, the thing I kept coming back to is I'm just like where I'm from and the experiences I've had. So um, that's why I wanted it to be on the EP called Way Back When, which is yeah. kind of about where I'm from and who, what I, what we did way back when. Which that title track, another fucking dude, smash. Dude, like you, we, we were, I, what I always like to do before we have, before I do an episode mm-hmm. with a, with a guest, I go I go to Spotify and I just I just jam the shit and Sick. it was that that one just hits heavy. Um, like Thanks, that dude. way bad. It just fucking goes, man. Like, I mean, we I grew up. Uh, I went. I spent four years in college in Austin. At UT. UT. Hook'em Horns. Yes, sir. The the best, dude. And we used to play every home tailgate and um, play Sixth Street every weekend, and we'd play a lot of covers and some originals, but. Way back when's the kind of song I wish I had back then, because I feel like people would have loved it and like it would have gone over super well. And the last four years, I've just spent writing songs and haven't been playing as many shows like we used to. So I'm excited to try and get back to that and play that one out on the road. I think it'd be fun. What's what's the UT tailgate like? <laughs> well, first of all, it's really hot. Yeah. So we used to. I used to go in on Thursday and rent like a whole PA by myself, like before or after class, and. I, had, I would open up the back of my Jeep and put in, like, three monitors, two subs, like, a huge PA, and, uh, and uh, like, my whole no, – no, no one in my band knew how to set this up. So we would, like, figure it out at our first tailgate, you know? We'd, we'd get there three hours early. We're, like – it's, like, hot and humid in the Texas heat, so we're, like, sweating our balls off before we even sound checked. We would sound check. And then play like a three, four hour cover gig. What were the stages like? Was it were you playing in like the back oh my of like God. flatbed trucks? Were you on the ground? Were you under tents? They would like... have their pledges make stages. What? Like they'd go to Home Depot. <laughs> it would make like a stage like That's pretty like... normal. Yeah. We used to do that same <laughs> yeah, exactly. thing. <laughs> well, yeah, some fraternities were like really nice houses that had like an infrastructure in place, but a lot of times it was just like a stage in their backyard or at the parking lot. And we like we would be like so hot and sweaty and like would make it to the game by halftime you know like it was like so fun though it was fun what years were you at were you at ut i I graduated uh 2018 so i was there from 2014 to 2018 okay so after the colt mccoy days after the it's been i think the four years i was there was literally like the worst four years in texas football now do you still do you still keep up with it a little bit. I know uh, Peyton Manning's son is going to be our new Which quarterback. Which is a big deal. Pretty sweet. That is, because you, Georgia fans love to talk shit. Alabama mm-hmm. SEC fans love to talk shit, especially to schools outside the yep. SEC like UT, OU. I'm a Virginia Tech fan, so I always hear it. So for you, for, for UT to land a, a Manning, a Manning <laughs> is, is big. Yeah. For a Manning to go to school outside the SEC, but you guys are coming into the SEC too. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be very wild. I so think that'd be awesome, man. You're going to have. There's going to be a time where UT comes and plays. They're going to get come back. They, well, they're going to come and play at Vanderbilt because mm-hmm. it's going to be in That's the true. conference schedule. Oh shit! And you'll have UT Nation. You'll have all your Longhorn folks, all your Hook'em Horns yeah. people uh, coming up here to Nashville. There's going to be the clash of the which is the real UT. 
because I feel like here it's Tennessee. I like I like y'all's orange better. I think that oh. I think Tennessee's orange is just fucking nasty. I always thought like, I always thought the Texas burnt orange was gross until I got in. Then I was like, that's it's the coolest color ever. But the, and it, then you see like that pride and thing. then you see that bright orange that Tennessee has, and that's just like, yeah, and they play that Rocky yeah. Top. It just da, 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 I don't want to talk too much. Shit. I feel like you know. I'm in, a, I'm, in, I'm in Tennessee. I can't. No, but I feel like there's more <laughs> Bama fans and more Georgia You're fans right. than there are UT fans, especially in our line of work. I'm going to level with you, though. I'm not a huge football guy. Baseball? No. European football. Oh, I'm you're a soccer, soccer guy. Okay. How many How many um, Nashville uh, FC games have you been? Uh, I've been to like, maybe three or four. Already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. It's so much fun. It's like it's so cool like to see it grow here, but... I had a few offers to play D1 in college. Oh, wow. And uh, I almost actually went to the Air Force Academy to play soccer. But, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. But I got into Texas, and music was becoming more of a passion for me and a love. And I've done it f- all my life. So when I got into Texas, I was like, this is like the opportunity to like be where country is alive and well and like start building a fan base and start doing it. And not even just country, but music. Because yeah. Austin, we've I've been to Austin now twice. And our first time in Austin, you know about the rooster man? Do you ever uh-huh. see the rooster guy? Uh-huh. Naked homeless dude walks around. You know, I've seen like a lot of homeless naked dudes are walking around. I feel like that's a, that's a common thing. Yeah. It's here in Nashville too, but really in Austin. Because they, they say keep Austin weird, and they're definitely doing well with that. Um, but the dude, he has a rooster on his shoulder. Mm. And he like, he just... A real rooster. A real oh, wow. rooster. Cool. And he like peed on the side of our bus, middle of the day. I'm not. Were you even mad about it? <laughs> I was like, I think this is kind of like a rite of passage. Yeah. Like this is him welcoming. This is Austin being like welcoming, mm-hmm. welcome to Austin. Yeah. Um, is Sixth Street like a big thing for kids that go to go to Texas for, yeah. for college? It like, was. Is, is it's it Street where they let all the fake IDs in and all that stuff. It's totally a thing, but it's. It's gotten pretty bad with homeless population. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. if it was like you guys had college bars or if it was every like is the, is the campus that close to Sixth Street to where uh, everyone would go back and forth uh-huh. or are you DDing or taking we, chances or, we, or Ubering? We we were there when Uber became first became a thing, but a lot Game of times changer. I know, dude. Well, <laughs> I was in a fraternity and a lot of times we just had like pledges drive us. Yeah. you know, we'd all pile in the back of like a pickup truck, which is so dangerous, dude. <laughs> but but feels so epic at the time. Oh, it's the best, and yeah. I mean it's. It's close enough to walk home if you're like too expensive to call an Uber at 2 a.m. And I've done a few of those, but uh, I would much rather Uber for sure. Yeah, and how does that how does it compare to Broadway in your mind? Um, Broadway is so different. Like, there's a lot of like blues bars in Austin, and like, um, you know, no one's really playing like commercial country music piano and, bars. Like yeah, no like one's that. playing like Wagon Wheel on on Sixth Street or whatever. Are they um, playing Turnpike songs though? They are okay, so yeah. it's it's covers of the of the different the different. It's scenes. great, dude. And like we used to open every show with every girl. Yeah, yeah. So that was like our go to. And I didn't even know Texas country existed until I moved to Austin. So it took me a minute to like figure out what people like, but I like fell in love with it immediately, dude. Like Robert Earl Keen and yeah. Jerry Jeff Walker and Turnpike Randy Rogers. Like I love all that, and I kind of feel like the Brothers Osborne have a little bit of that mixed with like the country radio yeah. thing and i think that's where i'd like to find the balance of like you know parker mccollum co wetzel like the the texas troubadour thing and yeah. the commercial country so why why come to nashville why not just stay in austin because there's there's a music scene there right. like what inspired the coming here the songwriting 
Yeah, that's I, what I always hear. I always hear from from people like I've got good buddies. We were talking about our buddy Tyler mm-hmm. Alverson. Yeah, and Tyler's been living out in Texas. He's so good, dude. And uh, and uh, yeah, he's do. You talk about someone like like the authenticity. Like mm-hmm. you're doing Tyler Dial. Yep. Because you're Tyler, Tyler Halverson doing Tyler, Tyler wow. damn Halverson. He's, I love what he does, man. It's because so it's so authentic. It's, it's, you have your own thing. You're mm-hmm. not trying to be anybody but yourself. And he's living in a, in a town. I forget what the name of the town was. I'll have to go back and look it up. But it's like maybe got one stoplight in it. He's in a house by himself and he sometimes has Wi Fi on good days. <laughs> but he said he, he lives in Texas because Texas is where he has his shows, but he still comes back here. I'm like, right. what, do you, what do you miss about Nashville? No, he's like, I miss getting songs. I miss yeah. writing songs with my friends. Well, everyone out there, I, most people out there comes, comes here to write. Yeah. Um, but all the opportunity out is out here, dude. Like, I wouldn't have my publishing deal, you know, to do music full-time. I wouldn't have my management uh, or the record deal that I've got. So it's like everything happened, all the opportunities here. And I feel like the last four years I've kind of been missing that that Texas thing because it's not easy to just go and play a show every, you know, on the weekends in Texas. So yeah. I feel like we've lost a little bit of, like, the fan base we cultivated and, and everything. But... I still go down there to write, you know, like I said, in set in South Austin, and I've got a producer out there and cool. it's fun to get back down there and I want to do more, especially now that I have like a, a whole project out. Yeah. So what's, what's touring. So 2020 hits, were you out touring when COVID and all that shit kind of shut Not things really, down dude. or were you still, you would, you've just been in writing mode. Like, let me come, let me come up with a project to go out there and play for That's people. really the thing. Like when I graduated college, I moved here and meet like literally like the day after. Um, and we would play all these shows and like, I got really comfortable on stage and kind of started getting my 10,000 hours playing shows, but it didn't mean anything unless I had great songs. And that was my goal. Like the last four years is to make an album and it just got mastered last week. So it was a pretty, pretty awesome, like accomplishment for sure. Um, so much, so many hundreds of songs went into that. And like, um, you know, I've made like friendships for life working with people and, so there's no no substitute for being in Nashville where the best writers are, like trying to write the best song out of anyone in town that day is like usually the goal. And um, I feel like I have a collection of songs that represent me and where I'm from and and the time I spent in Arizona and Texas and a little bit in Nashville. So yeah. So what what's growing up in Arizona like? What's what's their what's what's what do you do in Arizona? Uh, play sports and when you in high school like go to house parties and yeah. there's not a whole lot you know it's uh it's hot and like it's kind of like going to the moon there's just a bunch of rocks you know the rocks and everywhere. not a lot of trees um, but it's fun man like Phoenix Scottsdale area where I grew up I hear Scottsdale's a lot of fun that's that's really where I'm from um, it's 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 a good time you know not a lot of people listen to country music growing up so I was kind of like that one dude that liked it. Um, it was so it was fun, man. Like what, uh, what, I love going back now. Yeah, what gets you into it? Like what gets you into country? My music? dad. Your dad? Yeah, he was a tour promoter and always had like guitars lying around the house and um that's how I learned guitar. So what was your first show that your dad brought you to? Uh I always grew up going to Garth concerts. Dude. He's the best. <laughs> so that, you're so, one of the best that ever was. So almost every show that you've been to at, like that's hard to top like as a first concert, like growing up going yeah. to guard shows. Dude. Well, I think like that's wild. I saw that it was po- that that was possible, and so like all my life, that's what I wanted to do because I grew up going and seeing that. Was that at the um, Cardinal Stadium? No, it was. I think like, I mean, I've been to a bunch of Garth shows like in Kansas City and Portland, and oh, so like, you got like, to travel and see how like growing up, yeah. 
Yeah. And you and you got to see that it's more than like that he's that big where his show goes over like that anywhere around the world. Oh my god, dude. Like I've been to he like did two night two shows in the same night and I saw oh, I went you were to on both that shows. Yeah, yeah. And he recycled the audience. And the second show was like both of them were like two, three hours. The second show was even better. He like had more energy. It was <laughs> fucking insane, dude. Yeah. But yeah, so I saw that and then like my mom took me to a Keith Urban concert, and I was like a huge John Mayer fan. And so you love you love guitar playing. Yeah, you're I wouldn't say guy. I'm that good of a guitar player. But you but appreciate it if you're if you're watching yeah. Keith Urban and John Mayer at a young age. Dude. Like those those are two very 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 guys, good guitar man. players. Yeah, dude, Th- those are my favorite. And even just like John Mayer is like a songwriter. Like he writes country music too. You know, like that Born and Raised album. Yeah. And, um, we actually had uh, I wrote a song. Um, a crazy story i used to like fall asleep listening to the john mayer version of free fallen like i want to do that one day i don't know if you've heard that that version but uh the dude playing one of the dudes playing with him is david ryan harris and uh like a few years ago i got the opportunity to write with david ryan harris and the first song we wrote was still smoking that made my ep yeah and so that was really cool and then we he actually got aaron sterling who played on a lot of the john records to play drums on my record and he played on our album and it's like so sick Aaron Sterling played half the drums on the album, and then Adam Box, the drummer from the Brothers Osborne, played on the other half. Fuck, so. dude. That, that's know. exactly what you're saying. Opportunity being here in Nashville. like You can't get that in Texas, I don't think. You can't get that anywhere else. No. You're not, right. even, not even like back in the day when shit was popping in L.A. Mm-hmm. Like all, there's, there's just such a hub for everything right now. It's fun, man. Like I'm living the dream. It's so cool. Uh, there, I'm definitely like not where I want to be, but I think like, all you can ask for is like just have fun and like try not to like well, put too much pressure on things. You know? Well, that's just it. Like the the keeping your your blinders on. Right. When you're an artist, even when I'm even with me being a podcaster God, and being uh, a writers hard. round guy. Like there's all these different events and all these different rounds in town and all these different like podcasts and mm-hmm. people doing the personality thing and and working with artists. Like you always see like people like they come. They same thing they told me in AA identify don't compare identify but like keeping your blinders on and really focusing on you and just working your ass off there's something to be said for that like are you happy like you've been here what four years you said Mm -hmm. so from four years ago to now you got a damn record coming out you got it's crazy you got awesome you got a how long have you been with uh been with virgin uh this is the first like first project we've put out with them so we've been talking with them for the last year or so and it, it took took a minute for us to like get on the same page and get everything ready and um but they've been an, an incredible partner dude it's yeah. been so such a dream come true and i love what they're building of having different sounds like not yeah. your stare like between what what you're doing what uh what jillian's doing lauren weintraub lauren's one of my favorites little red dude we wrote together like a long time ago um we wrote a song called cheap beer years and still have the demo and like we've been friends ever since so it's like really cool that we're on the same same team and um I see her a lot now, and like we're all rooting for each other. So. Yeah, she was one of the first rounds I ever saw in Nashville. Oh, I really? Saw Belcourt Taps. I, you know, you know, <laughs> do you know, S, you know, S. J. McDonald. Uh uh-uh. uh So S. J. was a friend of mine when I so I moved down here. I bounced on mm-hmm. on Broadway for my first year in town, and I got to know S. J. because she would play over at the stage. Cool. And um, she at the time was like eighteen, nineteen years old, and was like, "Hey, I'm playing tonight. It's at this place called Belcourt Taps. Dude, it's that a was tiny a little, spot when you first come yeah, to town. Like, tiny, it, yeah. you're looking for an opportunity as a writer, like." Belcourt taps, dude. Yeah, and um, and it was it was cool because I I had just moved to town, so I didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. and I saw SJ on stage with a little baby 
Lauren Weintraub. Yeah, I think had to be a long time ago. Yeah, that was this was 2018, and wow. so to see her doing what she's doing now, it's mm-hmm. and the the way that she that she writes, it's it's pretty wild. She is an incredible singer, an incredible writer, and like she knows who she is, yeah, and she's and... and she's great at the social media thing. Her oh, personality, dude, she's like, so she... good at it, man. I'm not very good at at, at that piece. I'm trying to work on it, but. That's like the blinders thing, dude. Like I was on the way over here, like I try to go on TikTok every now and then to see like what people are doing and what's working. I was like, oh, like that guy's doing well. And like, but that works for him. That might not work for you. I know. Exactly. It's, it's a balance. Cause like you can, like you talked about having a video take off, like that can actually make a huge difference in like getting Spotify to like put it on a better playlist and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's like, you know, I want to, work harder and take things into my own hands and i feel like the really right now the only way besides getting out and playing shows is like you know tiktok yeah because, so. yeah and what's cool about the world that we live in now is you can really get fans all over the world now mm-hmm. because everybody's got one of these things so it's like yeah, dude it's 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 like a challenge but i think it's something that as artists we have to embrace and find a way to like make it an extension of my art you know um and that that is really the hard part is like figuring out what I'm comfortable with and like what I think what I'm proud of like making art that I'm proud of yeah and it, you know it is art what, I think it yeah, is. what's your favorite social media app like what are you Instagram what, so you're 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 taking a shit you're scrolling on Instagram if here if I could decide how I wanted to do my social media I would literally go the opposite direction I would only post film pictures and only post like film like Super Eight on my Instagram like. I think that would be cool, like like a vintage, like Midland, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. only use like, don't use digital. Yeah, you know, like that could be kind of cool. Like that could be kind of like a hook, you know, like Polaroid kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I um meant to bring my film camera. It's in my car, but I had a buddy in college who would carry around a disposable camera oh, and would nice. like put new film in it and like would re would develop it in his bathroom like at two a.m. in the morning and would like post it the next day on his Instagram. And it was always the coolest, like, grainy, you know, like, flash, like, film picture. I'm like, I want to, like, take that and bring it a little bit into, like, country music and That'd be and really cool. I, that's I, what I've been doing. Yeah, dude, that's badass. We, um, our, uh, our, our bass player on the road, Trey's bass player, Mitch, yeah. he likes all kinds of, like, old vintage shit. He comes out with a little, he'll sometimes bring out a little disposable. It's so fun, dude. And you get like two weeks later, it's like Christmas morning, you forgot you took those pictures yeah. when you were blackout and like you just see them back. Oh know? yeah, there's there's some there's some wild wild pictures that, that we've Oh, that especially we've on the Trey Lewis tour, dude. I can't oh, dude, imagine. Yeah, you, see, you see all kinds of all kinds of wild um, wild shit. So so for you, you came up doing the doing the music thing down in, were you doing mm-hmm. the music thing in in um, Arizona before you went down to Texas? Or I was, was really, really just writing songs in high school after soccer practice, you know. Um, when I first got to college in Austin, the first winter break we had, I came back and we had all these songs I'd written and I wanted to start playing shows. So my dad was like, I'll, you know, what's next? I'll support you. We'll go get a producer and record a few songs. Sick. And so one of the songs we I wrote senior year of high school that we recorded called Damn Good Time. Um, we actually got played on the highway. Fuck yeah. And I was like 18 years old. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I came out every pretty much every summer of college I lived here in Nashville and interned as an excuse to be out here just to write and meet you know start, you know, getting, you know, involved with the community and so uh yeah, we got the song on the highway and like 
that started like opening doors in Austin for us to like play shows and um, get some stuff on Sixth Street. And you know, I think it's important you just put one foot in front of the other and put a song out and see how that does. And like start playing shows, and then you start coming to Nashville. And yeah. So that's how I've been doing it. Um, it's been cool. Like every year, I just look back and, and it's like crazy to see how far I've come. So yeah, I'm excited to like just keep doing it. You know. Yeah. Is there one show that really like stands out where that's you're like that? Where you're like that crowd was that crowd was wild. Whether it's a frat party, whether it's a cover, oh, whether it's opening for someone, yeah. Whether it's acoustic writers round, whatever. Is there mm-hmm. one where you're like, yep, I won't forget that. Yeah. Uh, we there's this uh, amphitheater um, outside of Austin called the Nutty Brown Cafe. And uh, the the booker, like, owned a few of the bars that we would play on 6th Street. And so he would call us every now and then if he had, like, an act coming through. So we opened for Cody Johnson one time. But this show was Cole Swindell and a fresh-off-the-voice Morgan Wallen opening for wow. Cole. And then me. Long hair. Not yeah, even yeah, yeah. mullet, just long Long hair, wavy. black T-shirt, black jeans. I still got the um, picture. And, uh, dude, I mean, we were playing, like, Sex on Fire. I, like, had, like, a – I didn't know, like – I, we were, I was so bad, dude. I was terrible, but like we were sound checking at like four and the doors were at five and there was like, it was raining during our sound check and there was a line like outside the, par- around the parking lot because it was like so sold out. Yeah. And uh, we went on first and everyone was in, it was like all 4,000 people were already there, dude. Fuck yeah. So like, you know, like we were all excited and, and like, you know, we put all our energy out there on stage and like, did the best we could, but like I look back on those videos now, I'm like, oh my god, we were so, so bad. But the crowd was still into it. So even if even as you're figuring it out, you you can either you either a performer or you're not. And you right. guys, it sounds like we're giving. We it, were, dude. Me and my like health. fraternity buddies, you know, like, uh, you know, like I feel like a crowd like has grace for the for like someone who's new and they can tell like, oh, just some kid like trying to make it happen. Like I think they get that. Yeah. and uh, Want to support so. I wish we had more of those opportunities now, but I'm like not in Austin you know, anymore. So yeah. it's not like those just come easy, you know? Um, but I'm excited, dude. Like, like I said, like we have this EP out now and it's been like four years since I released music. So feels like we're getting why, going why, again. Why, why, why so long? Well, I want that is the traditional album cycle is like is. three, four years. That is how it had been going for a long right. time. Well, we put out a single, in between my EP when I first moved here and now called about last night. Yeah. And it did good. Like it got on a bunch of cool, like wild country and playlists and stuff. But you know, I didn't have like a sick team yet. And I wanted to like build, first of all, I wanted to like make an album, like something that has a concept to it. Which makes and a lot of sense hearing your musical background. You're an albums guy. You I grew am. up listening to records from front to back. Yeah. Tells that's, a story. that's what I, I don't know. I like Sturgill, you know, yep. we, we talked about earlier, like he makes albums and Eric church does. And, so I wanted to wait to have, to really know who I was in terms of a 12, 14 song album, but I also wanted a great team because like, I didn't think, I didn't want to waste songs by putting them out without a strong team. It's yeah. like if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it kind of thing. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I was careful. Like that damn Denver song, I've, I would have been sitting on it for like three years. Um, and I, like we could have put it out, but I don't know. I feel like um, I'm glad I was patient with it. Because now we have a strategy and a plan, and we can follow up with more songs. You know, back then we really just had like way back when in Damn Denver, and like didn't know what the plan was. You know? Yeah. So was Damn Denver a true story? Yeah. Yeah, I was dating a girl uh, for a few months, and uh, she called me one night and was like, "I'm moving to Denver," 
And here's the funny part of the story is I wasn't like, you know, <clears throat> I wasn't necessarily like trying to move forward with her. And I was like looking for an out and she called me and she's like, yeah, you know, moving to Denver and my roommates were with me and I was like, oh no, I'm like, I'm so bummed. And I'm like <laughs> high-fiving my roommates. I was like, yes, all right. <laughs> but I was like, damn, Denver, like that would be a cool song idea. And I don't know. I think that's like part of the thing is it doesn't have to be like so real, but um, that we wrote it that next week with with uh, Melissa Fuller and Andy Skibb. And that was the first time I wrote with those guys. And now they have like all the cuts on my album. And Fuck EP, yeah. So. That's how I know it's going to be like an album. When you hear that it's a lot of the same co-writers. Yeah. Because you guys are all working on it together. Not that We're there's on the anything, same page. Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with having different co-writers on different songs in an album. Um, mm -hmm. But like that's really like you guys are. Those are did, now, did you go on like a retreat with them and like write it all at one time or was it over this over, over the, the last four years? And that's okay. kind of another thing, too, is like when I was looking to figure out who I was and what my sound was, it's like I was also looking for the songwriters that matched up, you know, it's Could like the speed dating stories. thing. Yeah. Exactly. And so it took a minute to find the right people. And now I have like a crew of like six to eight people that we all write with that believe in me yeah. and want to write with me once or twice a month. Your first cringy co-write. Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm guessing this is back in the intern days. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I first I first started going to NSAI, the Nashville Songwriters Association, and they would have like pitch meetings and stuff. And that's how you met your first, you know, co-writers in town. And we used to like write in the basement of NSAI. And, like, oh, wow. You know, like I've, I've had some cringy ones like, you know, like last week I had it like every other write feels like a cringy write sometimes. Um, is that just part of having like just going with getting thrown in the rooms with different people? Well, it's just it doesn't out happen as works. much anymore because um, now I have people that get what I'm trying to do. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Like uh, now, I'm trying to think of like the craziest cringy right or or one that were like she like just one that stands out where you're like that was wild. Okay, I've got one, uh, and I don't want to say the dude's you, name. You don't have to say names, no. But names. he like is a hit writer. Okay. And uh, you know, I think like, uh, you know, he's got this big studio down in like Brentwood and like, I was like stoked to write with him. No, no idea. And show up and he's like the our, our third person in the room walks out. He's like, Hey dude, this guy is like on like an interview. And like, we waited for like an hour for him to like get off the interview. And he sits down at his studio at his desk and he's like, so like, who have you written with that I've heard of? And like, just started like putting me in these most like uncomfortable situation, like, He's like, play me some of your songs. So I play him this one. And then I like, I want to show my range. So I play him one that doesn't sound like that. He goes, dude, these two songs like aren't similar. Like, who are you? I'm like, bro. Like, <laughs> That's the you point. Just, you were just on an interview for an hour <laughs> and you're being like kind of a dick. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I will never like put myself in that situation again. But so it was like a good learning experience. I've had like a few of those, but. I think the whole thing is just like being confident in yourself, and like when you put yourself in those situations, it's sometimes it's hard to be confident, you know. Yeah, and you and you have. I think the idea of going in is like you have that, especially if you haven't written with mm -hmm. these guys or girls before. Is like, hey, I'm I'm Tyler. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Tell me about it. like you guys get to know each other. That's part of the writing process, right? Yeah. Usually. Yeah, you know, like to be fair, like I don't know if they it was the right 
matchup. You yeah, know, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, with, like, because but... I've never been in a writer's room. I've never gotten a. I want like one. You could do it one time. I wanna. I wanna just be chilling in a room, or like behind, or like be hiding in that like bathroom. Turn over these there. cameras on while be Trey's like, writing. Yeah, be like, be like, yo, Trey, I, I got a fourth. You know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I got an idea of... for a song. <laughs> My dad will text me every now and then, and be like, yo, I got a great song idea for you. I'm like, it's so bad. <laughs> Does your dad still work in the promoter world? No, he does his own stuff. He like works in the railroad business and oh, has, he's like an entrepreneur. So he like has a bunch of failed businesses and like has a few that he that continue to Well, the railroad thing, that's a very western western yeah. thing. He actually made me work on it one summer of college. So, my buddy and my <laughs> band and I like literally would put on steel-toed boots and drive out to like Gonzales, Texas, like an hour and a half outside of Austin. We would do like our vocal exercises and practice singing in the car on the way there. <laughs> We'd get all sweaty like in like literally like a hundred degree Texas heat and like would would drive back and then go to like Sixth Street or something. It was like the dream, dude. Working on is that like sledgehammer, like building we, our, railroad? Our job is would was we had these like bags. My dad like has this business that like cleans the insides of the oil cars. And so we would have to like That sounds messy we as would, fuck. We would be on our like bright green and all yellow, you know, vest and climb up this ladder with our steel toed and like we didn't be in a harness because like if we fell in it would be like super dangerous but yeah we would like it would it, we it would spend like 20 minutes on each car we'd have to like crank open the top of it and hang this like bag that soaked up would soak up the moisture and we would latch it on and crank it back up and we would have to do like 20 cars or 15 cars and it would like take a few hours and then we would just drive back to austin Damn. It was fun. That's a hell of, hell of a college summer job right there. It was a lot, dude. But he <laughs> was the, like, dude, you need to learn how to, like, work, dude. Like, you're playing on 6th Street. Like, you're having fun, you know? Like, but That is gotta, work, though. Lugging you, your gear from bar to bar, dealing with crazy work, drunks. Dude. I mean, it can be. There's, there's all, There there's were a, dudes on the state, the railroad that worked way, way harder. Okay, manual labor is another, another thing, yeah. But I don't know. Like, it was such a good lesson. Like, you have to work hard to succeed and like if you don't want to do this like you better put it all into music because yeah that's that's what's going to pay off if you work hard at it you know yeah was that so what was like your first job growing up as a kid uh i worked to like intern at like a radio station oh sick. at a sports station oh cool on like the sales side so like i would have to like call and try and get like cold call people to get i yeah, sell i i, I did that i did that it too was hard my, dude dude i did the um the stuff and then lead you got, generation is what they call lead it. lead generation and Salesforce and mm-hmm. this that and the other thing and trying to sell digital because nobody's buying radio anymore and this Ooh. that and the other thing uh, and which uh, which what was the name of it? was it one of the big companies or was it like K- a local KTAR in Arizona a sports station oh I didn't know if it was like a like an iHeart or like a Cumulus no, or I like a Beasley it's, I think or it's one like, like a Cumulus deal oh it is a Cumulus deal okay Maybe, I don't know because then you have all the corporate stuff that's involved. In, that's they tried to get me to do that, man. Like when I was working, because mm-hmm. radio doesn't pay. Radio similar to music. Yeah. I spent a lot of nights sleeping on my boss's couch because my house where I grew up was far away from the radio mm. station. I'd sleep on my program director Debbie's couch. That's wild. Overnight because I'd have to get up and either go do an event um, with the van. That's I did the all thing those... is the events, dude. I did. That's bro, the shit. Bro. I did the events and then I would be the, I'd be the, what they call the swing man. Mm. So somebody, Joel and Marianne, I have need a day off. I'm covering the more, I'm just getting thrown in 20, you, you 20. show up, you sign up the tent and you well, well, do the table. Well, and... I'm, well, I would do that, but I'm saying I would get thrown into running the morning show yeah, by yeah, myself yeah. at 20 years old, like on, like in the studio. 
That's got to be frightening as a 20-year-old. 20, 20 yeah, with all these loyal soccer mom listeners out there want me to... Want what is wrong with soccer mom? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, <laughs> just the kidding. same music over and over and over again. And they, and no, they, it's they're, they're not listening to, like, new music. Like, they just want to hear Keith Urban and Blake Shelton, you know, like... Wasn't even... That wasn't even a country station. Oh, really? Okay. Stevie Nicks. It's in Jersey. Bon Jovi. Um, bon Jovi. Bruce Springsteen, since we're in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, the of course. King, the Kings... Um, or the boss, I guess. Um, and dude. then a lot of, lot of, um, Billy Joel, dude, a lot of Cindy Lauper. I heard a lot of uh, Cindy Lauper and Cher. That's a lot. And it's the same songs oh, every geez. couple hours. You know what? I do love like Bruce Springsteen's like one of my heroes. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's great music. It's just when you hear it four times a day, it's right. a lot. He, uh, he put out this concert that he did from like 1979, like the no nukes concert. Basically it was what it's called. Yeah. And it's like a full hour and a half of him performing and it's so hard to find like a good old Bruce Springsteen show. It's the craziest thing, dude. He's doing splits on stage yeah. and he's like that's a true entertainer right there, man. Like Yeah, he was he was a king those those 70s rock guys. I mean like um like even my my family's been to see, I haven't been, but my my mom and my stepdad have been to see Billy Joel at the Garden. Mm. Like cuz he was doing those before COVID. He was doing those shows like once yeah. every 2 months. He did like or it was or it was even once a month where he was playing at the Garden once a month. He had so he set the record for most sold out shows at the Garden. Oh, wow. Cuz he's I mean he's he's old. He, he should have that record. He's, he should. he's Mr. New York. He is Mr. New York, but um but like those shows where they could just go for go for hours. My favorites are Bruce Springsteen, like Tom Petty, the Eagles, like the rock and roll songwriters, you know, that kind of were influenced by old country music and all that stuff. Yeah. And I have a hard time, like, seeing how those guys would, like, do TikTok today. Yeah. I don't know how they would, but I'm sure they, they would have to. Yeah, they'd have to figure out a way because, I mean, back then they, they were doing magazine interviews they probably didn't want to do. Right. Which it's kind of crazy to think about. Like in 1979, Tom Petty's annoyed to talk to the Rolling Stone. Right. Like that's that's the kind of shit they were doing. It was that traditional right. media. It was going on media. going yeah. on Johnny Carson. It was doing talking with um, who was the guy that did the Bob Kingsley did the country mm. top forty. Who was the guy that was the radio famous radio DJ? I think Seacrest does it now, or it was like the American no top forty or whatever. Yeah. Like. Radio and all that stuff, the and TV then, shows, yeah, and, and then go and then going to record stores was like a big thing too right. for them, which now it's like those don't even. I just feel like those guys were so cool and like on TikTok, it was, it was so it's hard to be cool and yeah. it's hard to be about the music because like now it's about like the story about the little clip, you know, and it's, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I feel like I struggle sometimes with like I just want to be like right great songs and perform them and like make cool music videos well, well, for them. Well, maybe that's what your audience wants. Maybe right. that maybe they're just like you. Yeah. There's a lot of times where artists audience tend to be a lot like them, especially if they're authentic. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're not even on the damn TikTok. You're right. Who knows? I, I'm not on it as much <laughs> as like I should be. Like I I like I don't really use it, so I have a hard time trying to figure out how to, like I'd rather go like read a book. Like as crazy as that sounds, like I want to wake up and like read and be inspired and was, to write was, a song. When was, when was the last time you read a book? This morning. Really? Yeah. Fuck. I, I haven't read a book in a long time. That's how <laughs> I get a lot of like my inspiration. Yeah, McAvoy. When was the last time you read a book? <laughs> oh man, probably uh, <laughs> maybe high school. Oh geez, yes, yeah, so that was like seven, seventeen, fifteen years ago. I, I probably, yeah. I'm probably like I'm around not, like not that old. <laughs> I'm not saying I read every day, but like I'm probably at like eight to ten books a year. Eight to ten books a that's, year? That's not bad. So were you a born... No, it's not. That's great. I didn't love I'm, reading in high school. I'm, like, I didn't I'm, read in college. No. Like, 
reading is good. Not reading is bad. So all I do is like I just read the Robbie Robert Robertson book. He's like the guitar player from the okay. band. Like I love like music. Like I've read the Bruce Springsteen one twice. Like the Tom Petty one. Like. I just like books about music and kind of about what I'm doing. So you're like a, a student of the of music. Like I, you just enjoy I hearing the say story. that, but well, yeah, I mean like 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 learning the history. It's fun to relate to bands, them in yeah. their in their rise. Like, I'll, usually I'll just stop reading around once they're like you know they've had a bunch of hits and they're famous. Like, I don't care about the end of their career. I want to know how did Bruce like get to where he was, or how did like the Eagles or Stevie Nicks like get to like. How did, how were, like... What was their grind? Not only that, but how were they, how did they make their art and, like, the care that they put behind it and, like, what was their, like, outlook on making music and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's know. cool to, like... It's inspiring. Do you, yeah, do you stick to, like, that era or will you the look seven, in... Like, Strictly 70s, you mean? Yeah, Strictly, <laughs> strictly 70s, Strictly 80s, Joel. Yeah, 70s mustache <laughs> artists. Uh... That's where, like, my heart is, dude. Like, the Stones and the Eagles and Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen and James Taylor and all those guys. Fleetwood Mac. Well, you look at, like, the 90s country. Well, you look into the, into the country genre, though, or like you were saying, they were inspired a lot by mm-hmm. what was coming out of the country world in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, I mean, for me, so like, uh, like, George Strait is my favorite. Uh, Garth Brooks, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I never got on the Alan Jackson train, really, or, like, the Brooks and Dunn. Like, like after- I, I like their music, but I've never, like sunk my teeth into it like post garth 90s just wasn't really your no i i feel like i missed a little bit of that but i do i did like grow up on like tim mcgraw and kenny chesney and like i feel all like all, that, I feel all, like all stuff, of us did you know? the uh no shoes no shirts no mm, problem record yes dude classic I, mean, I love when he sings that boston song yeah yeah, and good. me as a New Yorker, like I always want to hate Boston and find mm. reasons to say like, "Yo, fuck Boston, Dude. fuck Philly," like all that stuff. But it's the the fans up there and the and the very far part of the Northeast. Like I I think it was 2018 or 2019. Kenny only played a couple shows that mm-hmm. year, and I think two of the three or four of them were at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. In what is that with Kenny Chesney in Boston? Is it that one song? Um, I think he made the song because of the relationship right. he had with him. Same thing, Zach Brown's. Zach Brown usually plays at Fenway Park every year. Uh. There's just that. There's just certain cities. Certain cities take on the certain artists very well. Like I remember when I was with Muscadine, for whatever reason, Little Rock, Arkansas. Wow. They would like people go bananas. Little Rock, Arkansas. They're from Alabama, I, and Arkansas is not even a not even a damn border state. But they, for whatever reason, it's like but Little I get, Rock, Arkansas I get, is big dude. with Little them. Rock. People work hard, man. They're, they're, yeah, they're but hard there's certain cities that that jump to jump to jump to certain artist music. Mm-hmm. So for for you, is there? Mm-hmm. Did have you toured outside Denver. of Texas? <laughs> Denver. <laughs> Honestly, like my biggest fo- fo- following right now is in Denver. Really? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Grizzly Rose Squad. Yeah. No, I mean Austin, good. Denver, Phoenix. You know that your classics. Um, it's it's also hard because I feel like. It'd be great if I had a fan base in like Indianapolis. I could just drive right up there, but yeah. it's it's not easy to go tour in Denver from Nashville. No, it's not. We've we've done that before. Yeah. It's it's a it's a haul. To yeah, get out you gotta there. do it. Yeah, we used to we did a we booked like a self book tour and throughout Texas like a few years ago oh, cool. before COVID, and uh, it was fun, dude. We like we put everything rented a van, like put everything in there, like broke even, but like hey, dro- drove you, back at like. 11 p.m. right after the show. Yeah. yeah. Congrats on breaking even because a lot of people that do those tours, mm-hmm. like touring is touring is tough. I broke even because I have some loyal band members that 
care and want to help want to see me succeed so yeah that's why but yeah dude it's i i want to do more of that because i think that's what i'm best at so uh, is that kind of so so your goal is obviously records coming mm-hmm. this year uh we have the ep out which is six EP's songs out, yeah. EP just came out um we're gonna start putting out a new single probably in august and just keep it going and then lead to the record i have a 14 song album mastered so i'm dying to get it out but i feel like you know you gotta you gotta give, give each song its, its moment because yeah. like if you drop a record like no one people don't have the attention span to listen to 14 songs you know yeah, you can't just do it soundcloud rapper style no that can be tough you know what i you know what did happen one that damn good time song when i was a freshman in college yeah. i put it up on soundcloud and like overnight it got a hundred thousand listens wow it was crazy that's big. Pre-TikTok virality, SoundCloud virality. What, what do you think did it? Were you guys was it being? No were you guys playing at parties and it, stuff? And like it someone just connected just on an algorithm. It just it just it was hit. random. And it wasn't even just people in Austin. It was no, like it all over the place. Random dude. Like I like did hashtags on there, and it just like worked. So maybe SoundCloud is where my fan base is. Maybe, bro. I, that's, <laughs> Who knows? That's what I was joking around with Tyler, with Tyler Halverson. He's mm. like, bro, I just want to put, I just want to drop a SoundCloud. I'm like, bro, fucking do you? When uh, when Sam Hunt first came out, he had that Between the Pines yeah, mixtape dude, on SoundCloud. That was huge. Like it was like he had raised on it on the highway, and yep. then if you went to his Instagram, he just had a little link to SoundCloud. I literally like burned CDs for my friends and gave them this. I was like, this is the next big thing, country music, and he blew up, dude. What was on your um, your high school mixtape of like different songs that you? Oh were? wow! Because because like we all had a CD. Yeah. Because you and I are around the same age. We had that. You're what? 26, 27? 27. Yeah, 26. So, 26. so we're right around. We're, we're I'm twenty seven. So we're at that same age yeah. where we would make. We had the old iTunes or the old LimeWire or Nat, mm-hmm. whatever or SoundCloud, and we would burn the CD. But it wasn't all the same genre. Mm-hmm. It was all different Weird. songs. Dude, what was on your shit? Uh, I like John Mayer, like the half of my heart. Okay. Uh, Dude, like, it's so, I like, I don't listen to Taylor Swift now, but she was kind of an inspiration, like, country music, young person, like, blowing up. Songwriting. Songwriting. So, like, John Mayer, her, like, uh, like, Keith, Ur- like, I'm trying to think of, like, what Keith Urban song, like, put you in a song, dude. Yeah. Like, Long Hot Summer, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that, that shit, like, was so cool to me, dude. And, like, again, like, songs that worked in a live setting. Was like, there a song that was, we would not have expected? That was like way out in left field, like a guilty pleasure song. Was Taylor Swift not enough for you on that one? No, well, that was in that. That's in that kind of. That's still in like that. I'm saying oh, like, dude. What about like the fray, dude? Like over my head, you know? Oh, dude, cable car. Yeah, yeah, dude. I remember the first time I heard that song was on an airplane going on vacation with my family to Orlando, and it was just I was watching MTV on the little like JetBlue baby. Mm-hmm. At that point, they were little itty bitty TV monitors, yeah. and I remember seeing the music video for that. Being like, this is kind of cool. I don't know what it dude. means. I'm in like the fourth grade, but no, I mean, I still don't know what it means. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, all those songs, man. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like even today, like, I'm not, I don't just listen to country, dude. I just listen to, like, Kings of Leon and, like, uh, Remy Wolf and Still Woozy and, like, all these. His Golden Messenger, who has just had, like, a number one in Americana. Like, oh, yeah. He's my favorite, dude. So I think it's fun, like, turning people on to new music. And I always love finding artists that nobody knows about. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you kind of dive into that Americana world a little bit with your shit? I'd like to go more into that. Okay. You know, I, I to, like this way back when EP is definitely like country, yeah. you know, way back when and damn Denver kind of more down the middle. Um, there's a lot of songs on the rest of the album that aren't so, so like 
you know, modern country, which is yeah. fun. I'm, I definitely, my heart is in more of that Americana. Yeah, if you were to tell someone what, it, if someone were to ask you what is Americana music, what would you define it as? Because I feel like it's so. It, it people reminds just me throw of the just old there. rock and roll, dude. Like I still think it's singer songwriters. I don't think it's far from country. Like Sturgill, I would consider Americana. Isbel. Isbel. Um, Childers. Yeah. Well, he's country. He's also country, dude. Zach, like, Zach, Zach Bryan. Where does he he's, fit? He is. Because he's very songwriter acoustic. Like, there's not much electric on much of his stuff. I yeah, mean, I know that's the, a little more folk, folk to me. So folk doesn't really fall into the it, American. It does. It's all just like a it's what I'm saying. stirring it's like, pot, it's, it's weird right now because there's so many different things going in so many different directions. And yeah. there's like little elements of each thing. Well, I think it's great for, it is great. for what I want to do. Yeah. it's. I think it's awesome, dude. Um, and there's like so many different niche fans out there there's people that love zach bryan there's people that love like the luke combs thing or the morgan wallen thing like you can just at this point i like you're i feel like i'm free to make whatever i want and yeah. not have to worry about being country but like still love still my heart is in is in country that's what i grew up on and like i think a good example of someone that is like the energy that i want to have is like a cheryl crow dude like she's got like one foot in country one foot in americana and like Still does like pop and rock, you know, and yeah. she has that like kind of like Margot Price does, but I don't know, dude. I'm not trying to like categorize myself. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's very that's very true. So some Nashville questions for you. Mm-hmm. For me, this is the most Mexican food I've ever been around. Coming from New York, this is the furthest south I've lived, dude. That you lived is in my Austin. jam, bro. You, like it, all I eat is tacos. But what was it like coming from Texas? Taco Central, yeah, right. right there on the border to up here. Like, does, I still does it, think does it Arizona. Te- oh, Arizona, Arizona too. You're from Arizona. Yeah, Fuck, I yeah. yeah, that's well, yeah. Texas, uh, Mexican food's different everywhere. Texas is very Tex Mex heavy, you know, kind of dirty. Arizona, I feel like, is a little like more authentic Mexican food, um, like corn tortillas and like good stuff. Here, there's, I just, I'm all about the food trucks, dude. Like, those dude, you you drive around Antioch oh. and you find the right little the right food we truck. We did a food truck crawl on Nolansville Pike, bro, where, for for my TikTok, dude. And we hit like five trucks and ranked them all. It was they were all amazing. It was fun. There's one uh, in Five Points, Cheap Charlie's Tacos. We'll go every Saturday night and get breakfast tacos at like nine, eight or nine p.m. It's so fun. He sees me every time. He's like. Like, dude, thank you so much, bro, for making the eggs and, and, and going out of your way to make us breakfast tacos. He's like, anytime. So that's, that's awesome. fun. Moss Tacos is good. And Moss Tacos is very Great. good. I love tacos. That's I could I could survive off of that. Oh yeah. So so Mexicans, your your favorite food. What's what's your favorite place staying out? Your favorite bar? Here in town. Uh dude, I like rosemary. Um I've heard a lot of, a lot of people talk. I was actually at Red Door East the other uh yesterday. Yeah. And Rosemary's over in East, right? Uh-huh. As I heard people talking about it's it, right saying there. that it's a cool I I don't hang out in East ever. Yeah. I just I, mean, I just don't. It's just I'm never over there. We're we're I mean, I'm usually I guess here. If you don't mid- drink anymore. It's well, like, well, I mean, I still go out and do whatever. I mean, everybody needs a DD, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and I'm I'm still like to be involved in the scene. You kind of for me, like it's still being out there and going out or whatever. I'm over here in Midtown a lot. Yeah, like just being and being around the the songwriters, oh, whiskey and jam, that. and all that stuff is is so much fun. Yeah, dude. like did you go to any of the parking lot shows? I used to go to a lot of them. I used to go to and, a lot too. And but then I started touring. It's hot. 
you know, it's crammed. Yeah, and it's like when you're gone. I mean, we're we're pretty much gone when like Wednesday or Thursday. This yeah. is a rare week off that we have, but it's like Wednesday to Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday to like Sunday, we're gone, and I'm TMing, so I'm getting paid to be in a mm-hmm. in a rowdy crowd and in a packed area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what am, do I, on a Monday? Do I do I want to go? Stand it's pretty a, packed, but it gets packed. But but I love what it what it does. It serves such a big. What it stands for and what it represents, dude. It's, it's like the big, troubadour in yeah. the seventies. It's like yeah. it is literally like a rite of passage. Yeah, I I I respect it and I appreciate it. And I used to go all the time, but now it's just like when I'm when I'm gone on the road mm-hmm. at a show at Joe's three four nights a week. It's tough oh, to I come can, back I, and do that. I don't blame you, dude. But I wish I could. I go. have a hard enough time going, and uh, I live I live in town on the weekends. You know, it's like. Well, it just it gets so busy. Yeah, it's packed in there, which is which is a great thing. Like, how you it's want huge it to for be music. busy? But now, where do you think? I mean, eventually they're gonna have to take it to another do. level, or they just start doing shows on Wednesdays. Like, <laughs> the, less people will come out on Mondays and Thursdays. Be- well, what'll happen is the the tourist cycle, and I mm-hmm. learned the tourist cycle when I was on Broadway. Folks come in on a Wednesday and they leave wow. on a Sunday or Monday, so they so, can be here for Whiskey Jam. Well, that's just more when people they come out in. outside of town are figuring out about Whiskey Jam. Yeah, so now. more people. So you do it on Wednesday, it'll still be packed, but it'll mm-hmm. be all tourists. And just then, like, like the Thursday- next Nashville show, instead of the Bluebird, it'll be like Whiskey Jam, and then Whiskey Jam will become like the touristy thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it is, and I think Ward's done such a good job of building that brand. You remember the first time you went to a Whiskey Jam? And you've played Whiskey yeah, Jam, I played right? Like four times. Hell yeah! My, I mean, my first time was. Uh, I was living here between junior year and senior year of college, interning at Starstruck Studios down the street, and came went to all the whiskey jams and like made friends and like. Remember the first person you saw where I was like, where you were like, this is really fucking cool. Remember your first whiskey jam you was um, playing? Oh geez, dude. I mean, like the stuff that made me think it was cool is like the Peyton Manning showing up yeah. and like all that stuff. Like I couldn't tell you who I first saw playing whiskey jam, but. I was very like intimidated, like, wow, I want to do that one day, which is crazy to think like now I'm like comfortable doing that. Yeah, you know, it's like a whole weird, you know, like I said, like a rite of passage. Yeah, my first was him. Do you know Ryan Nelson? Dude, he's a great example of the first person I saw play Whiskey Jam. That is the first person Dude, I saw. Dude, maybe play we whiskey were jam. at the same Whiskey Jam. It was when it was the night the show of Drunk came out. Dude. How long ago was that? Like that four was years ago? September of 2018. Damn. It might have been. Damn. Well, dude, like, for example, him playing whiskey, he's like the perfect whiskey jam artist because, like, he's like a rowdy fucking yeah. dude. And, like, yeah, he's, he, he's a one of he a kind. Can, he, he's a one of a kind up there and he's, like, confident up there. And it's like, that's what whiskey jam's all about. Ward said, well, I've heard Ward say if whiskey jam had a face, it would be a drunk Ryan Nelson. That's perfect. And it's, he's the mask. He's the guy for Rowdy on the Row. Yep. Have you heard about this Mayor Ryan Nelson thing uh, that we're doing? No. We've um, so Ryan does have a poli sci degree from Florida State, and um, we've said what what is what a thing it would be. We made a Ryan Nelson for mayor. Ryan Nelson I would for vote mayor. For him. I feel like with all the musicians and all the people that he's known from his like eight collective years living in town, mm-hmm. he might he might get some vote. I just want to see him on the debate stage. I want to see Ryan Nelson Hammered on stage with a bush light, just debating, no shoes on, talking <laughs> about how gators ain't shit and this that and all the Florida things. I and love what he does, man. Well, that's someone who knows who he is. And yeah, again, the authenticity. 
and, he, and he's a hell of a songwriter. People so fucking good. sleep on him, dude. He's got. I've seen his um his Dropbox folder of he's different like, of songs. He's like Coetzel before Coetzel was a thing to me. Like he yeah. has that same energy. Yeah, you think about how long he's been in town, and he got he's been he was here when like Revival got started, when like mm-hmm. Ramon Whiskey Jam got started. Like yep. he's seen all that. He calls himself the drunk uncle of Music Row. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I used to um on the weekends when I the like a couple of years ago during COVID and needed a, a job. I was driving pontoon boats on Percy Priest. Lake oh, sick! Yeah, one of the guys that um, James, drove James Kelly. Yes. Yep. Um, high tide rides. Yeah, dude. Yep. Oh, yeah. Do you I know, know high tide rides. I do. I used to work with uh, Matt um, Matt Crow yeah. on um, and then Shut Dave the Dave Hangley up, and uh, Jake Arch and all those yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dave 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 Hangley and Jake Arch are the guys that convinced me to move to town. You're kidding. No, I, I knew them because I was doing... That was the best summer job ever. Yeah, I, yeah just bachelorettes everywhere. It's yeah. a great time. 80% bachelorette yeah, party. Um, I used to live with uh, Dakota. Really? Dakota Tate was my yeah. first roommate in town. Who knew? Me and, him lived in, me and him lived in Spring Hill. I worked with all those guys at Whiskey Row. We were all bouncers. That's crazy. Yeah. That's why I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, <laughs> James was, is a writer and a buddy of Ryan's and... So I kind of know they're, they're a actually, bit Yeah, they're actually roommates. Yeah. They live in the frat house together. Is there a frat house? Have you been? Have you been? Have you been over to that house? Ryan Nelson has lived in the same spot since he moved to town, and the people that have lived there have rotated over the years. And he does it like backs up to. They light up the the they light the the bonfires and the couch the crates and the couches in the back. Yeah, and he he, he dances on the fire. Like I've seen a Ryan Nelson fire dance. It's the wildest shit I've ever seen. There's a I didn't know that. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. How have it, I not seen that on TikTok yet? Dude? I mean, I have. So all the things that you see on Ryan Nelson's TikTok are videos that I took of him during <laughs> COVID. And he, his manager hit me up and was like, hey, do you have those videos of Ryan doing dumb shit when he was drunk? I'm like, yeah. Do you want me to delete him? He's like, no, send them to me. We want to post them. I'm like, fuck yeah. But Ryan they, Nelson for, for there. Yeah, we put that graphic up whenever he plays our writers round. We put Ryan Nelson for We have like a meme and it's like his head with like the sunglasses on. That's amazing. So yeah, we're, we're all we're, we're all in. Who knew that we were connected in that in that way? Yeah, dude, I've, I'm surprised. That's that's wild because I I would never. I only went out on those boats maybe like once or twice because yeah. I was already working with Muscadine at that point where they were going out on the weekends. So it was like I was out of town on the weekends. But that that's was like sick. my first crew in town was Dave and Jake used to come on my college radio show when they were doing the artist thing in Jersey. I think I made more fans driving the boat and like they'd be like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, hey, "I'm a singer songwriter. Like, play us something like." I made more fans on that boat than I have in the last four years in Nashville, like really? playing writers' rounds and stuff, <laughs> dude. Like, that was the maybe I should go back and do it, and so I can get my shit out there. You should do that, and you should document some of the shit that you see. That's I had some crazy stories. That's dude. your content. I've seen some weaves fly off of people into the while they're inner tubing. You know how some girls have like the fake hair, yeah. Yeah, they I like I've like I've driven people in the inner tube but didn't know how to swim, but they still wanted to. Were, like, were you were you working there when the um when the plane crashed and the the person died? Uh uh-uh. uh There was the plane that went like down. Like a float plane? No, like like a plane like crashed in the Percy Priest like when? sank. This was during COVID. No way. Yeah, it was like the lady on there was like a cult leader or something, something weird. I didn't know. Some weird I didn't shit. hear about you'll, that. You'll have to Google. Crazy. I didn't know if you were working Percy Priest like around the time that happened. No. There was some weird shit. There's some weird shit at the bottom of that lake. Well, yeah, it was a town. Did you hear that story? I didn't know that. It, it used to have, there was a town and then like the, the Army Corps or whatever, engineering Army Corps like needed to build a dam for this river or whatever. And so they bought out the town and flooded it. And so there's a town, like a... A town underneath Percy Priest. There's a town under there? Mm-hmm. In the 50s, I think, is when they did it. What the fuck? 
Mm-hmm. I hope they got, they got everybody out. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely def- <laughs> not not the one girl in that crashed the plane. Jesus, that's crazy. Um, what was um, so it was just about a lot of bachelorettes. A lot of bachelor, like probably eighty percent bachelorette trips, and then like the worst was like seeing like a bunch of dudes walk up that were already hammered. Like those guys were like pissing Take off us the, to boat. the girls. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to go to like the redneck cove and shit and i don't know I, the, my favorites were just like a small group that wanted to have fun and like chill you know but yeah you take them to a little island they chill for like an hour play or two. some beer pong and it was fun dude it was like i was working at like george jones before that as like oh. a bar back so dude you, so do you know um andrew cirilla uh-uh. okay i only he, worked there for like a month okay so he's i have a buddy that used to work at george jones too oh dude i mean i would i would like go up Three flights of stairs carrying ice and like oh, would yeah. have to run back down. And oh like yeah, downtown grind. Barely get paid and like park on the other side of the river and like go Walked over the across bridge. Across the pedestrian and, bridge through yeah. all the people and dude, it sucked. And then I was like at a friend's bonfire one night and I was like, oh, I'm just looking for like a new gig. Like she's like, I drive boat. Do you know how to drive boats? So I was like, Yeah, I didn't really. And I was like, Sure. So I went and got my boating license in like one week and got the job and like had the best summer ever, dude. It's tough though because like. You do that for the summer, and then what do you do in the wintertime? So I worked at, like, a, another bar. It's very seasonal. What other bar were you uh, at? It was, it was, like, a brand-new house bar in East Nashville called The Golden Door. And so it was, like, brand-new, so it wasn't the most efficient, efficiently-run business. So yeah. I was just, like, doing everything from bar backing and pouring drinks and, like, serving tables and stuff. But oh, yeah. Dude, I'm doing music full time now, so Let's that's go. all I can. That's ask what it's for, all dude. about, man. You that's know? what I'm. That's what I'm. I mean, I'm not making music, but I'm like working in it full time. I'm not bad. I haven't had to renew my 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 guard card to do security, yeah, hey, dude, in exactly. over two years, and it has been a Isn't great that crazy, feeling. dude. Like, do you ever feel like if this doesn't work out, I'll have to go back, or or do you feel I'm not like going you're back in... to New York? I can't afford that shit. I can barely afford to be here. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'll wake up and be like, "Shit, man!" And the song needs to do well so that I can like keep doing this full time you know? yeah i mean i've i've like i'm i'm fine to pick up other jobs if i need to to stay down here Same. but like that like i worked in a candle factory once that's cool it was great it was very it was very 420 friendly dude i have yeah. all that's funny you say that because i have so many like high ideas like weed entrepreneurial ideas one of them is if you're listening to this like <laughs> don't steal this idea is an ashtray yeah. that starts out as a candle because, like, a lot of, like, weed smokers will will um, ash in their candle. That's, like, you know, you, you're smoking, so you want to light a candle because your room's going to smell. Yeah. And where else are you going to ash it? In the candle. So imagine if the candle burns down and you have, like, an ashtray. It turns into an ashtray. That would be... That would be really. Cool. I've never done the the candle thing. I mean, we got mm. a candle right there, so maybe maybe later. Yeah, we'll... you just need to engineer <laughs> it so that. Have you seen like Joe Rogan's? Uh, not Joe Rogan. Uh, Seth Rogan's like he has like this whole um, pottery line that he makes like ashtrays and bowls and like <laughs> that it's dude. Cool. Just, that dude just made his money on movies and is now just doing whatever ideas he wants. It's amazing. He's, he's so great, dude. He's so great. I mean, he, he, people like him give like stoners like me like the courage to like be proud of it and not yeah. like ashamed of it. You yeah. Know? I like, mean, we were, sp- this podcast and the writers round were sponsored by a Delta eight company for a long time. We did a four, really? we did a four twenty takeover last year 
dude. And we I want to be a part of the next one. And is it lined up on 420? And two guys, we had um, some of the Texas boys in town. Oh, yeah. Colby Cooper, Pecos from Pecos on the Rooftops, and Dylan Wheeler. That's the crew. They lit up a. Uh, they lit up on stage at Live oh, Oak. Oh, my God. Can you do that? Um, they weren't supposed to. Um, so I had to go up and confiscate it. I, I was like, hey, I'm going to put it on the back alley. I, actually, I, I ended up, um, they forgot about it, so I just gave it to, <laughs> I just gave it to Ryan Nelson. Yeah, and Ryan Nelson enjoyed it after the show. It's amazing, but, dude. Oh, yeah, that's I, so funny. I'm, I embrace it too, man. To me, it's like people, some people like to drink. Some people like to smoke. You know? Yeah, but it, you don't wake up hungover. Exactly. You know, I'm not saying you should drive, but you could drive a whole lot easier. Yeah. And, uh, like I become friendlier and like I don't eat up the calories. It's it's like, it's it's a a plant that was put here in the ground. You're right. Like it's an organic thing. Like, dude, that's the only thing. Like I'm not like a big, I've never done blow or any any drug really, but like the, the ones that come out of the earth is like, I think that's free game, dude. Yeah, and it's like I'm I'm a like you smoke cigarettes and there's more there's more bad shit for you in a damn cigarette than there is for you in a joint cuz the joints just just flower from the ground. Yeah. And then it make it makes you feel good like I, I did some shrooms at a Sturgill Simpson concert Ooh. in Austin and he cuz he has this like light oh, yeah. show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he cut his finger that night and was bleeding on every guitar he played. It was so what? wild, dude. One of the best <laughs> concerts I've ever seen, dude. He played Desperado by Rihanna. It was fuck? so sick, dude. That One of my cool. favorites, man. Like Sturgill is the best. Your dream show. If there were if you were to go to a show, what venue would it be at and who would be playing? You could have two openers. If if I'm just a fan in the dream audience. Dream show, yep. Dream show to watch. Um Stapleton. Is he, I've got a great Stapleton story. Is he head, head, headlining or opening? Headlining. Head, Stapleton's headlining. All right. Sturgill's opening. Okay. And then who's Stapleton Sturgill? Then who's your who's your third? You gotta, Me. You. No, 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 no. <laughs> Casey Musgraves or something. Okay. Yeah. But um, I don't know how much time we have left or whatever. But I got this crazy Chris Stapleton story. He uh, was playing in like an hour south of Austin when we were in college. And this is like literally two weeks before his Justin Timberlake CMA performance that yeah. blew him up. And like barely anyone knew who he was. Like, but I had been a fan of him since What Are You Listening To? And yeah. so I had listened to the whole Traveler, Traveler album. And there was a huge storm. And he was playing this amphitheater. And they canceled the show. But they were like, if you can make it down, we'll play it inside. There's like 50 people there. All the hardcore fans, like me and a few buddies drove down. Huge Chris Stapleton fans. Like everyone crammed in this like room and it was like everyone's singing every word to that record dude two weeks later it blows up and it's like the biggest thing in country music and i was like i knew it first i was there and that's probably a moment that he as an artist never forgets is every I bet those, those diehards that one those diehards being in that that closed space yeah like it was fun. like 50 people that know every single word and are living with this that, record. that took a lot of risk to drive through this crazy storm to get you know down yeah. the 35 to get down there yeah Pretty wild. So, so you got the record mastered. You got the EP out right now. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we've been writing the songs for for a while now. Dude, now I feel like I could put out put another out. album after this one. Like I have uh, so many cool songs. Hell yeah. My goal is to try to beat them. You know, but yeah. I feel like I could put them out. You know, yeah. I, I'm just gonna start leaking stuff on on the socials. Do it. So where can people go to follow you and all that shit? Just look me up, Tyler Dial. Tyler Dial. Yes, like butt dial. 
That's what I tell people. But so they don't Tyler freak. dial. There you go. <laughs> Tyler yeah. butt dial. Tyler butt dial. I don't yeah, want to make that a thing, but <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, we won't put, we won't put that one up on the up on the TikToks. But dude, I really appreciate Thanks, you coming Matt. on and taking the time, and um, look forward to hearing the new stuff when it comes out. Yeah, and can, I'll send it to you if you want, dude. Please do, bro. please Thanks do. With, and and would love to get you on a writers round sometime I'm and uh, hang out and whenever uh, and uh, enjoy enjoy things from the ground. Yeah, hell yeah. Cheers, hell yeah. dude. Hell yeah. Well, you guys be sure to check out our boy, Tyler Dial. Um, he's got new music out right now. He's got more music coming. And uh, be sure to follow him on the socials at Tyler Dial, at Tyler Dial Music. He's got a website. Do it all. Check it all out. Buy some merch, too, if you got that out there. And yeah. if you see him coming to your town when he's back out on the road, go out there and support the man because he is a badass and we love him here at the In The Round Podcast. Once again, guys, my name is Matt Burrell. Be sure to check out our sponsors, MRL Music Group, Whale Tail Media, Saxman Studios, and of course, our boy Mitch Wallace with The Digital Marketing Agency. You like the episode, leave a review, subscribe for us, hit that like button, share it, tell your friend, tell your grandma, tell whoever, and uh, we'll see you next time. This has been the In The Round Podcast.